Okay, back here in studio with uh, Senator Josh Revac and his wife, Marta. How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Jeff, Merry Christmas. It's uh, it's the 19th. It's actually, my mom's birthday today. So Really? I called her earlier and wished her happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. What's your mom's name? Dawn. Happy birthday, Happy Dawn. birthday, Dawn. I'll have to, have to have her listen to this. So, happy to be here. This is the first, uh, I think, I'm almost positive, the first couples podcast with a legislator. Wow. So you guys are kind of the guinea pigs. That's an honor. Um, before we started, I mentioned that I'm, I'm, I just got back from Hawaii, and then I'm doing a couple of quick flights to get the MVP 75K. And it sounds like, Marta, you're kind of close, but not seven, you're kind of close to just... No, not even close to what you are. So yeah. I'm trying to go for the MVP. Yeah, the yeah. MVP. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you got to step up your game. I know. I have like, what, 600 and some miles to go. So we'll see. You got to do like a Fairbanks ticket. It would be fun, right? Oh, yeah. You, I mean, Fairbanks doing, is awesome. They're doing this deal where if you fly one mile, you get 1.5 miles towards your status. They're trying to get folks to fly. They're trying to encourage. Because no, nobody's, you know, people aren't flying as much. I think that's what we're going to have to do. You know, the 22nd is our wedding anniversary. And so... I think I'm going to have to surprise Marta. Ooh. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get one of those companion fairs if you have one of those. Yeah, go up and see China. So what I want to talk about uh, at first is, Marta, you're actually, you're, you're Polish. I was born in Poland, yeah. So folks yep. hear the accent. And I want to talk a little bit, and I know the story here, but I want to talk about it and, and get some more background. But you were, you're born, raised in Poland, but then you went to, to Germany. Mm-hmm. So I was, yes, I was born in Poland. Um my mom lived in Germany since I was six. So then later on in my life, when I was, what, 15, 16, I decided to move to Germany. Did you speak German? Uh, not when I moved, no. It took me a little while to, you know, to learn. So that's but kind of an older age. I mean, if it's like five or six or seven, it's easier to learn than when you're right, a teenager. Right, then, yeah, 15, 16. But, you know, I, I spoke pretty well German when I lived there. Now it's, it's a broken German now. So how'd you, how'd you meet this character? Well, well she had Josh. waited her whole life to meet me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, actually, she says it was a blind date, but um, it I, was. I was kind of ambushed, I think. You were, sta- <laughs> you were stationed in Germany, uh, right? Yeah, so I, I was stationed in Germany, and actually, uh, we had a group of guys that played music, and we were practicing for Battle of the Bands Europe, and one of the guitar players... His wife was Polish and really good friends with Marta, and so they all came to rehearsal one night. And we—it was kind of funny because we didn't really care for one another the first no. few t- <laughs> first few times we met. She wouldn't talk to me. Really? Yeah. Were you, so was it like a lot of people were there, like the wives and girlfriends, or? Uh, no, I think we went out to dinner, and there were a few wives and girlfriends, couple single soldiers. Am I close? I think that's pretty yeah, right. No, yeah, no, we didn't really. Yeah. So, Marty, you're friends with one of we the. Didn't, we didn't click right away. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I figured, you know, man, it, we're off to a to a real start. You know, so, like we, you know, you be real when you when you're around somebody that you don't really you're not trying to impress. So, Marty, you you were were you in school? Were you working? Okay. What were you doing? In, I was working at that point. I was working. Yeah. Did you ever foresee maybe 
meeting or dating or marrying an American military guy? No. Is that not, in, your, in your mind? Not it, at all. Especially, you know, we used to go out, of course, and, you know, there would be always like a group of American soldiers that's, I didn't care for much. Mm-hmm. They were loud and obnoxious. So how'd you get, what, 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 how did the first date or? Well, I think I, I think I, I looked over and I said, uh, ich bin ein baby tiger. <laughs> I am a baby I'm tiger. A, I'm a baby tiger. And then I think that's what really, that really caught her attention. I she was knew sold. I was, that I was, was it. That was that's it. A bold, that's a bold, that's a bold, bold move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Josh, so then, Josh was very persistent though. So then you guys start kind of like dating mm-hmm. and this is before, was this like in between a deployment or was this before a deployment? Uh, right, you know, before, in between in deployments. Between. So in between deployments, we uh, we dated early on um, when I got back from combat the first time. And then uh, we were married. Um, of course, our, our wedding anniversary is in a couple of days. We were married in uh, December, and then I deployed again in January. So, so it actually, it, it was a really, really tough first year of marriage. So while I left right after we got married to go to combat the second time, Marta um, was working out our housing situation in, in um, Bad Nauheim, Germany. R- real quick, how long after you met did you get married? Six months. Wow, that was season. So I'm, <laughs> I'll be 37 on Tuesday. My birthday's on Tuesday. And, oh, you know, happy birthday. Yeah. And, and I'm to the point now where, like, a lot of my friends are married. And, you know, you can, like, in your 20s, you can date for a year or two, you know. But when you're 37, like... This is my kind of idea. Like, I want to meet somebody. I'm like, bam, that's that's it. And then you know, get married. You have no time to waste. Oh, we should have a. You should have a bachelor. We should do like a bachelor show, like a Jeff Land, like a like a B list bachelor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it done, boy. Life is passing you by. Okay, so you meet. So so six months. That's that's not that long. I mean, that's quick. That's like one legislative session. We met in July. Got married in December. Your yeah. and your family is in Poland or Germany or both. Your mom's I, in. So most of my family is in Poland. Um, my mom and my auntie is in Germany, and then my brother is in England. So what, what was their reaction when you said, I'm, I'm marrying this army guy I met? Well, my mom met him before, so, I mean, of course she did. She was, they were okay with it. They, appro- like, they stamp, like Josh. You stamp know. of approval. Yeah, he's a likable guy. So. so I asked you if you ever kind of saw marrying an American guy or soldier. Josh, did you ever foresee marrying a... Uh, you know, somebody, a European per- person when you're, when you're. No, well, well, I was in Germany for five years before we met and I was pretty good at being evasive. I was, you know, I managed to stay without any love interests and then. Uh, and bachelor then bachelor status. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was going to come home after that, but, uh, but it was, it was good. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, yeah. You know, like I was saying, our first year of marriage was rough. So when I left, Marta was getting a housing on on the economy in germany which means uh not in military housing but but uh, a german apartment and she worked really hard uh you know while i was gone to get this apartment and it was on the third floor of a german apartment building with no elevator and so i came back wounded uh and that's when you got your leg like almost blown off right yeah yeah i was hitting both feet uh both ankles and and the left ankle wasn't so bad but the right ankle was pretty bad they had to wait for several months in order to do surgery because they couldn't do a fusion for several months because i lost a lot of um a lot of bone and a lot of tissue so they they needed to let it grow back before you think you were going to lose it ever 
Yeah. Well, when I went into surgery, the surgeon, he said, um, you know, he said, uh, you, you probably wake up without a foot. Do you want me to try and save it? And, and I said, well, yeah, I don't, I can't. The answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, if you you can save it, please save my foot. Uh, you know, and I can elect to do that later. And so I just saw this, um, while back on Facebook, this, this girl, when she was like 13 or 14, she got in a horse riding accident and, you know, for 10 years was going through surgeries and surgeries and her foot was, and they finally amputated it. And yeah. She just said it was actually the best thing because it was so bad in her case. It was so many surgeries, like like dozens of them. Right. And tons of pain probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very painful. Yeah. So in your case, they were able to obviously save it, but you still have like a, a brace or do you? Yeah. So for nine years, actually, I didn't, I didn't have that brace and I probably should have, um, I guess I was a bit too stubborn to elect for an amputation, but it was, it was pretty painful at times. Um, yeah, I didn't run for nine years and then I got the brace. It was, it was invented at, at the, uh, center for the intrepid at Brook army medical center in, uh, San Antonio. It's a DOD invention. Um, and that changed my life. I ran a marathon after I got there. I hadn't run in many years, but. So, so Marta, how did you, did the military, when this accident happened, not accident attack, did they call you or? How'd you find out? Did he call you? Who told you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he would have. Um, No, they came to my house. Oh, wow. They came to my house and they thought... That's like in the movies when they show... Right, when they show up at your door. um, They thought it would be a great idea to bring a priest with them. So that was kind of weird. So because I was Polish and they didn't know if, if I'm speaking English or not, or so they brought this Polish priest with them that had an awful accent. I couldn't understand him in English or Polish, quite frankly. So, um, no, it was a bad memory. <laughs> so right away they were like, he's, he's not dead. He's No, they didn't tell me that's right away, which is kind of, you know, again, military. Oh, Gotta wow. love them. But, um, no, they didn't. They said there was an accident. We don't know what happened. We don't know what's going on with Josh. Um if we have any info, you know, we're oh, here. Geez. So they stayed for a few hours and then um, they got a phone call. So, so how long after me, so. how long after that were you able to talk like talk to Josh? And then you were you were able to call back pretty soon after that. So once my morphine started kicking in, I got pretty wild <laughs> back in. I can't, I, yeah, I, I was, can't even imagine. I was throwing fruit across the room and yelling. Uh, I remember my roommate w- was killed, Terry Lisk. And so, talked about, do, you, do you remember? I remember. At what point do you stop remembering? Have no memory. No, I remember bits and pieces of it. I, I remember almost like a photo, a couple photographs of the explosion. Um, but I remember bits and pieces in the uh, in the aid station where there were a bunch of surgeons, and I was in there with my friend Terry, um, and he I think he had already died. Um, but um, when when the morphine they moved me to 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 out of the surgery center to uh, where they had cots, it was like a kind of a makeshift hospital room, if I remember right. And uh, folks started to come to visit me. And the morphine was kicking in, and so I, you know, I was, I was like yelling for. I said, I want a sat phone right, right now. And it was kind of like a playful. I wasn't really call, angry. Call, Mar- but I was, call Marta, your mom, your parents. Yeah, well, I called my mom. So they called my mom and and apparently told her that that I had lost a bunch of limbs and things. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I had watched this happen before. So I wanted a sat phone right away. I wanted to be able to call my mom so that she could, you know, disseminate right information, and then. 
uh, and then I wanted to be carried out. I really got in an argument with the uh, with the medical folks there because I said I want to go out there. They do what they what's called an angel flight, where they took Terry's body away in a in a Chinook helicopter, and so they were going to keep me inside this aid station. And I said I want you know I have folks from my unit that are going to carry me out. They're going to carry me out of this building, and nobody's going to stop them from doing it. Uh, and I was getting pretty wild. I, threw some fruit and said, they're carrying me out here right now. And they're, that's, that's the end of it. Uh, and they did. And so, um, that was important to me to be there to watch Terry go by and salute him, you know, and that, that picture actually ended up in the New York times. There was a New York times photographer there. And I'm glad I have that because everything is a little bit hazy. So a few of those photos helped me kind of remember, which helps. But So then you went to, to Germany after you got stabilized? Yeah, they asked me if I wanted to go to Launchstuhl at the time, and, and that was right during a scandal at Launchstuhl Hospital where they're, like, forgetting about patients in their, in their hospital rooms and they were dying and things. They just weren't prepared for the folks that were coming back wounded. Um, and, you know, since my family was in Germany – uh, Marta, you know, and my unit was there. I, I elected to stay in Germany. So that's where I went. And so Marta at the time, I didn't ask you this was your, did you grow up speaking English or did you learn in German? Like, how was your English? Did you speak English very well? No, I didn't. Um, I learned English with Josh. So, so you, he, you didn't, when you first met, it was like, like limited English or. Yeah. And he knew a little bit of German. So. Yeah, we had watched The Simpsons in a English. A lot of Simpsons. And then we spoke German together. There's so many kids, like, people that have moved here as young, young, young people or kids, and they like watch TV, and that's how they learn. Right. You know, the yeah, language. that's exactly what I did. Okay, so so he comes back and he's hurt, and then you had mentioned this apartment. So tell me about this apartment situation without the elevator. Well, it was a beautiful place. It was gorgeous, but again, third floor, um, and I was pregnant. At the same time. Oh, wow. So, so actually, actually, uh, Marta went into labor and I went into surgery in two different hospitals right around the same time, which was pretty crazy. So that's a lot of uh, Just a lot emotions. of stuff going on. A lot, yeah. of, fe- a lot of feelings. Yeah. No, she, yeah. so, so <laughs> she's never really let me forget this, but again, <laughs> I was on all kinds of morphine. I came out of surgery and I was recovering from the anesthesia. And she called, and, and it came through to my room, and it must have been pretty early in the morning. And the nurse gave me the phone, and she said, uh, Marta said, uh, I, I had a baby, and it's a girl. And I said, well, is she all right? And Marta said, well, yeah, she's fine. And I said, well, why did you call? And I, <laughs> I don't so remember awful. saying it. She says that I said I, that. I remember. And <laughs> Why'd you tell me that? <laughs> I mean, I, I, well, and I was coming out of anesthesia had I been. So that's one know, of those things like where you have a surgery and then you don't like I've done, you know, days procedures and somebody, my friends there. and I have no memory of any of the shit I was saying. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, zero memory. But I just give yeah. birth to a 10 pound baby with no epidural. Yeah. Ten so pounds. I was Big very baby. excited about it. Yeah. And I was seven eleven. Yeah. I was over 10, so yeah. it was probably my fault. Yeah. Wow. 10 pounds. Yeah. No epidural. Nope. Yeah. So you, did, you just didn't want one or they didn't, couldn't do it or? No, I just didn't want one. She's hardcore. That's, that's, that's legit. I, mean, I did with my second one right away. It's like. I've heard people, I've heard a lot of friends who've had two kids. They don't, the first one and then the second one, like, give me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's the good got? stuff? <laughs> 
Okay, so what happened with the house? I mean, the apartment. What is that? Did you have to go somewhere else? Uh, so we stayed there. So I was on crutches, and we had a newborn baby. And I swear, you know, every a whole lot of folks in that apartment building were pretty racist. They were German folks, and they didn't like the Polish. They didn't like Americans or Polish folks. Nope. Clearly, and so oh gosh, Marta. So it was challenging. Marta had set it up to where we could we paid extra money to put our stroller at the bottom of the stairs. There wasn't really an entryway or um, there where the where the exit door to the building was. There was another flight of stairs that led down into a parking garage, but you couldn't exit from the parking garage without climbing up the flight of stairs. So when we had I was on crutches and she would have a newborn baby and we had, you know, the, the bag that was associated with the baby things that we needed. And we'd come all the way down the stairs and the neighbors had, would move the stroller and they'd put their own one there. And there was Um, room for two strollers. Yeah. There was room for two strollers. Uh, But I mean, there wasn't room for anything else. I mean, two at the most. And, and they, and they would tell the other neighbors that, well, we're, you know, they're American and Polish and we're German. And so their stroller goes downstairs. But I couldn't, and we paid what for is it? it. Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber, Alles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they took that out of the anthem. So, and, and they took that out, yeah, because of the certain, you know, we, World War II uh, issue. Oh, yeah. Because Uber, Alles is above all. And, right, right. Yeah, they pulled that out. Yeah. And, and I remember one day I just had had too much, and we came down the stairs, and she was there with the baby, and their stroller was there, and I couldn't carry a stroller up with having crutches. You know, I'd have to go step by step. This is three flights. Well, the from the base from the parking garage up to the to the exit door was one flight of stairs, and that was hard enough. And then three flights up to our apartment, so I couldn't drag the stroller up one flight of stairs with crutches. You know, it was it was very very difficult and time consuming. So uh, I remember one time it was like the third time it happened. I came down and their stroller was sitting there, and I. I, I was, it was a bad day. I grabbed their stroller and, and I, I mean, manhandled it down the stairs and was beating it with my crutch. Just threw it down the stairs. Freaking out. Yeah. I mean, I threw bad. it across the room and like up against the walls and smashing it. And, and I was, and I was pretty upset and yelling and stuff and, and I'm huffing and puffing and I turned around and their whole family was standing there looking at me <laughs> and I, and I just huffed and popped in my But they didn't bother you. I bet they didn't bother no, you. No, I turned that. around and I walked out and then they never did it again. I think they realized Good. that we they were, never we, we were. <laughs> so how long were you guys in this place for? Um, until we, until we moved, moved uh, for about a year. Make sure yeah. to talk into the, sorry, the mic there. You can, you can, you can yeah. move it too. It's, 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 it's flexible. Oh, there we that. go. Look That's that. way better. Yeah, so 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 now you you guys are married. You got the baby. Uh, I assume you got out of the military after that pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, they the, yeah they they told me I'd have to uh, that I'd have to reclass and do something else in the military or else uh, or else become a civilian. And so I you decided were the, you were in the tanks. Yeah, I was on tanks, and I didn't want to. You know, I'd rather do school. I had put a, a, put a, you can do what's called kickers for education. And I had put everything I could at the time into education. So, uh, I wanted to go use that. And, um, at the same time, our base was closing down. They were, they were bracking it in Germany. And so they didn't know what to do with me. So, um, I was still, um, I wasn't fully ambulatory when I got out of the military. It was kind of tough. So Marta, when you married Josh, I guess you probably assumed at some point, you're going to move to to America. Was that kind of the thought? I mean, that's what, you know, maybe not the thought, but so it, after it we got married, I knew that's what would happen, yeah. So it wasn't like a 
surprise, you know, we're going. No, we're going. no. And no. you guys went to where? Where did you go first? Minnesota. So that was like big change. It was, but it was great. I mean, Josh has a, you know, Josh has a great family. So they welcomed me right away. So I didn't feel like, you know, well, like I was the odd one out or <laughs> so. <laughs> it's really funny. They actually welcomed it. Like, so, so truth be told, Marta was political long before I ever even thought about getting into politics. She, the first time she met my family, she had it all figured out. She, uh, she, she approached them individually and said, you know, Josh never gave us a wedding. We didn't have a wedding. We didn't. And what so did you guys do? Like a, and I must have eloped. been. Well, we didn't elope. We had a beautiful well. wedding in Kurtaminda, Denmark, on a, in a beautiful Ooh. fishing town. I didn't say it where, wasn't beautiful. I just said we didn't just, have then, a wedding. It was just you two? <laughs> yeah. Just us two. And then we honeymooned in Venice, Italy for a couple weeks. And so how does that work? So when I, you get married abroad, do you have to... Uh, for it to be recognized, do you do like a mil- like paperwork, and then like how do you get it recognized in the United States? Well, that's kind of why we chose Denmark, is because they had um, they had pretty pretty compatible. Uh, marriage. They have international marriage yeah. certificates. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Denmark and Denmark was gorgeous. It was it was really gorgeous. It but my beautiful. family, I remember when I came in, my family all was giving me the stink eye. <laughs> you know, like. You, you know, why did you not have a wedding? <laughs> and so Marta, Marta figured out how to make friends with them very quickly. They're so, amazing. Yeah. Their family do, is great. Do you guys have like a second, like a second celebration? Or no. We're Gosh. Going, we're going to. So, no, we talked about it. And and um, if Marta ever wanted to, we've talked about it. And I think we will. Um, if you need an MC, I've emceed weddings before. So I'm your guy. Boy, are you... Uh, are, are you, you free? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> are you Are you in, ordained? Can you... Uh, no, I was just... So my, Rus- my d- Russian d- friends Dearly got, beloved. No, so I was more... So my Russian friend, Irina, married my, my Italian Venezuelan friend, Federico, five years ago in Homer at that big house, second star with all the rooms and if you've heard of it. Anyway, so I was the MC. So I basically, after the wedding at the party, like I was the guy who was getting the program, Keeping, you know, the MC. I was yeah. making sure everybody spoke right. But halfway through, everybody was so drunk that the program kind of it fell apart. It didn't matter anymore. <laughs> I, had lo- I had a little thing in my ear with, like, a little microphone to my face. You know, I'm, like, addressing everybody. We're, you know, I'm, I'm get- talking to the DJs. It was it was high energy. Nice. That's great, yeah. We, you know, we've talked about it before, and it always boils down to we could take a an amazing vacation or we could spend all this money on a ceremony. So, so how many years, what is it, Tuesday you said? The, um, the 22nd. So my Wednesday? birthday is 21st. So when's, how many years is that? 16. 18, 19. Oh, no, you guys married that long? It feels like five minutes, Well, I guess yeah, your, your daughters are pretty, they're in high school, right? Yeah. yeah. Dang, you yeah, guys don't even school. look that old. Uh, thank well, you. Well, thank you. So, so you're in Minnesota, and then how, and then you came to Alaska, what, about 10 years? No, more than that. You came 2008? Yeah, 12 years ago, 2009, I think, late 2009. So, so how'd that... How'd that decision get made? Like, what was that about? So uh, I had worked in Minnesota for a while, and, and um, I took a break. I was working in politics down there, and I took a break after the 2008 election cycle. And it had been pretty stressful. And I took that time to kind of travel around the country and visit families of friends that were killed in Iraq. And one of those families, the Woods family in Palmer, Alaska, they invited Marta and I up, up here to visit. And so... Um, we came up here to visit with Wayne and May Woods and Nolan Jean, who just recently passed away. Um, 
And Shane was a good friend of mine in Iraq. He was killed in 2006 with another friend, two other friends. And, um, and we came up to visit uh, Shane's family. And there I met Congressman Young's state director, who's now Senator Sullivan's state director, Chad Paget, And I uh, had a long conversation with him and I never left. I'm still here. So when you heard, you know, we're going to move, heard or when he asked you if you want to go to Alaska, I guess, what, what, how'd that go? Oh, no. From the very beginning, I remember us getting off the plane and walking through the airport and it just felt like home. This is what month was this? Do you remember? Was it summer or winter? It was July. We came like July or August, but it just, it felt like home mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. So it's, it was a, uh, how, you know, how can we stay here? I moved here in August, 04. And I always tell people, if you're going to move here, I really recommend moving in the winter. Yeah. Because when you come in August, you're like, God, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like three, Short four months bit. later, it's, you know, cold and dark yeah. and snow. But so, so you're yeah. working for Congressman Young at first. And then I think a lot of folks know that story. You'd work for him and. Senator Sullivan. Yeah, th- no, that was really, really a um, pivotal time in my life. It, it was, it, it changed my life in a lot of different ways. I owe a whole lot to Congressman Young and to Chad and, and his whole staff. Um, but yeah, we came up here and we loved it. I remember Marta used to say, if you think you're leaving, you're leaving alone. <laughs> that was like oh boy. the first year we moved here. <laughs> she would joke with me about it and, and I uh, never wanted to leave anyways. So we both just loved it here. So you you, had, you ran for the house in 2018, but I had met you guys probably a few years prior. And I remember this kind of vividly. It was, remember there was some fundraiser or some over on Diamond. It was by Abbott. There was some some kind of building. I don't know. There was some kind of Republican event or something, and I and I was over there, and I I saw. I wasn't at the. Was there? It was, a, it was some uh, fundraiser. Um, I thought it was like Reagan or or Western Night or something. Reagan Day or something. Oh yeah. There was some was event, that? and it was way before you ran. But I remember I was talking to you, and then I was Marta was there, and you said, "So you have an accent," and, I, and you're saying I'm Polish, and I said, "I said, oh, do you speak Russian?" You go. No, I'm Polish. <laughs> <laughs> did, did she say it slow? I know I'm Polish. No, she's like, she's, she's, like, she's like, no, you fucking idiot. I'm Polish. Because, like, I, I mean, some older Poles speak Russian because of the whole right. Soviet situation. Right, so. right. Yeah, no, they, they didn't they teach you guys Russian they did in, in school? school. Yeah. yeah, I can't say that's what I remember very much. Just a simple, hi, how are you? So, so okay, so it's 2018. This is what I really want to talk about. So it's 2018. Um, Josh decides right at the end, I think it was May to, yeah. f- to file, to run for the legislature against, you know, a really long-term incumbent, uh, Therese Millett, who was a m- minority leader and a majority leader at one point. So, um, that required you quitting your job, which, you know, you're working for the Senator Sullivan at the time, right? I was. So, I was. so I want to ask how that went and what you thought, Marta, when he was to come, came to you and said, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Right? How'd that that conversation go? Yeah, you know, it was scary. It was super scary, right? But um, on the end, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, we met amazing people. We met you, right? Yeah, we we met. Well, we we met met earlier, (laughs) but you know. So so we met, I know you guys a little bit, and then um, we've done the podcast. We talked about the the IE I ran with Mel Gillis. Oh, yeah, boy. You know, once that got going, I couldn't, you know. So even I was at that one Don Young event at the summer there was a summer like that big fundraiser at Sheffield's house and I was just there hang, hanging out and I saw you and didn't you and I was like I like left I just like left yeah oh, and, you, really? and I think you were the talk of the town didn't you, you the door handle fell off when you're trying to get out of the bathroom or something wasn't that was oh well that, no that I was trying no yeah so that it was the event where there was this 
I was going into the bathroom. I turned the doorknob at Sheffield's house, and it just broke. It just yeah. broke off, and it was like a nice fucking doorknob. It was like a really like gold plated, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I didn't break it. Just I turned it. It must have been broken before, and somebody set me up. So then I'm like walking around with this very damaged door handle, and then someone had to, some woman was like, I have to use the bathroom, and I was like, well, there's no door handle. She's like, well, watch the door. So then I'm like standing guard, you know, holding this gold door hinge handle. Yeah. But I saw you and I, I left because, yeah. you know, you can't, and the rules on this are, they're kind of like, Vague you can't coordinate, but what does that mean if you're in the room with somebody? Like, what is that? You know, so I just kind of like, but then afterwards, luckily when the whole campaign was over, we, we were able to sit down and, you know, there's so many. Yeah, no. T- t- what's it? The best story I, is, because I was going door to door too. Oh, and, yeah. And then people would say, oh, I saw you. No, there were so many really funny stories. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was absolutely terrified. We, we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, we, not only did we not coordinate, we didn't even speak. We didn't, we weren't, like you said, you weren't, I, I really appreciated how professional you were about that. I mean, you guys took it very seriously. Yeah, I know you have did to. a good job. I think some people don't, but I, I did, and I, I think yeah. people should. It, you should, and even even the appearance. And so we never spoke, and yeah, I remember I was out door knocking uh, one day, and I stopped by, and there was this little old lady, sweetest old lady, and she said, she said, yeah, your, your volunteers just came by. They <laughs> said, my volunteers, who were they, and what, do you remember their names? And she said, yes, it was the the sweetest young man, I think his name was Jeffrey. And I said, Jeffrey, what, what did Jeffrey tell you? <laughs> Can you please, do you remember what he said? Yeah. And so, uh, that, I think that's when I actually had a little sigh of relief. Like, oh, these guys are doing a good job. So I was going and then I taught Mel kind of who beca- later became the rep for your seat. Um, but I, I was, um, teaching, teaching Mel and then Mel kind of was, he was uh, hit the ground running. So we'd go every day separately to our own areas. And Mel was, I mean, I heard some stories. And some, some, some guy came with a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Mel. Boy, you guys. I got to get a podcast. We keep talking about doing the podcast with Mel. We'll, yeah, we'll have to do one with the three of us. Yeah, we should We should do that. Yeah. Okay, so Marta, so you're now, he wins. And you're the, you know, the, the wife of a state representative. Not right. now after the whole thing happened with... um. Chris Birch and mm-hmm. now Josh became the senator. I guess when you were growing up, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine one day I'll be in America, in Alaska, married to a state senator? Definitely not. Did this ever, Definitely this not. thought ever enter no. your mind? No. <laughs> well, and her, her grandparents, right, were, were like the first folks in their little village in Poland to have a, have a vehicle and a television, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Weren't they, yeah. they were the first folks. It was, it was kind of a small town they had a nice little farm Rural going. Farm, Poland. Crops, yeah. animals. Animals, crops, everything. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it just it's just to me, it kind of thinking of you know, I spent all the time in Russia and you know, you meet people and then, you know, you just think about like growing up in Poland and then Germany and now you're here and right. it must be uh, kind of a surreal experience. Yeah, it is. It is. So how's it so when you moved to your your kids were pretty young, right? So they've kind of grown up here mostly? Yeah, yeah, they were little. They were like what, four, three and oh, four. Boy, the time flies. Yeah, they were very little when we got here. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it would have been two and one and two, one and two. So, so what's what's it been like since Josh has? I mean, this is coming on four years, right? Yeah, four, fourth session. This upcoming one will be the fourth. It must be hard. I talked to a lot of 
like Sarah Rasmussen's one with kids and other other folks have, you know, a few, not many, but a few people in there have younger kids. Um, right, but, especially when the families stay behind. And you're, you're, you come to Juneau, I've, you've been there a little bit, but you're not going, you're not, you're not living back in, you're no, not living there. No, so I stay home with the kids. Um, we don't want to pull them out of school and just, you know, we want to keep them pretty scheduled. So, so yeah, I stay home with them. Well, Josh tries to, you know, fly home every so often, but... What would your what would your message be to the leadership in the legislature about the ninety day? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what? I have no idea, no idea. I'm sure you hope it's like I'm sure you hope it's less right. time than more time. Of last, last year we had what four special sessions and yeah, it got pretty got yeah, pretty that, crazy. That gets a little bit tense. Uh, yeah, and 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 so it would be nice to have shorter. I think we can get our work done. It's it's a little bit. Um, you know, that's the thing about politics is that. Everybody's passionate. That's why people run, uh, you know, because they're passionate. Everybody has different ideas. Um, I worry it gets pretty, uh, when people demonize one another, I don't care if I disagree with folks and their views, um, but when we demonize one another, I think that changes kind of the, the it just changes the whole environment yeah, it's in gotten, a negative way. It's gotten, you know, I think in the last several years, real, real bad. Yeah. Marta, do you? You ever see any of the Facebook? I mean, there's. Com- you ever go to the? I do. Group? do you, oh. Sometimes I wish I wouldn't, <laughs> but oh I do. Stay, stay off of it. It's, right. It's just really co- yeah. toxic. Yeah, it is. You, you, you've seen some of the comments about Josh. Do you, do you ever want to get on there and? Oh boy. Oh, well, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I do and I don't. I mean, people on the end can say what they feel, right? And if Facebook is where they want to do it, oh well. I think. I saw the social dilemma, um, yeah, based on, on Netflix, and you know, in so many so, so many ways, social media has been great, connecting people and, and you know, allowing people to, you know, have interactions with people they may may have never you know interacted with in the past after they grew up, but also it you know it's 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 uh it's so toxic in so many ways. I mean, think about think about if Facebook well, was around in the '60s. Well, I think Mike Tyson right? said something like you know social media allows people to say things and not have to get punched in the face for it. Or oh, yeah, I heard, I, <laughs> Mike Tyson quote. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, people get nasty and they don't think about, you know, the, the human being on the other side. Another thing is, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't have that many folks that are, you know, it, it's pretty toxic out there. I've seen some comments about Senator Wilson and um, and some others, and I've certainly had some that are rough, but it, it hasn't been that bad. Most of them are from, uh, trolls, you know, they're, they're face fake accounts. Yeah, the anonymous that, accounts. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. even worse on Twitter. I don't know if you ever spend much time on the Twitter, but that's a little that's, bit. That's worse by, you know, by a, so by you're a telling strip. me now I have to get on Twitter. I would not get on Twitter. No. <laughs> no, stay, stay off that. It's, okay. I mean, if, if I, if I wasn't doing the landmine stuff and, and my, you know, for my business with, 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 um, our social media, right. I, mean, I don't know if I'd even be on there to tell you the truth. I, I, a lot of people I know my age or if, older have gotten off yeah they've just deactivated their facebook pages and, and that seems to be more common among people my age i'm, I'm hearing that a lot yeah, yeah i mean it, you know it's it's stressful if you do nothing but sit and look at social media that's no life to live i mean it really sounds isn't. really sad yeah. i think a lot of those people they're they're it's hard to imagine it but there's some people who are who are just miserable and you know you kind of have to almost feel bad for them some, some right. of the stuff they say and some of the the thing, the thing, it's horrible, but it's it's miserable people, I think, and and 
I, I just ignore them for the most part. I mean, once in a while, somebody might get to me, but right. uh, it's... And I think for us, yeah. we just hope, you know, the kids don't see it. So how does that... You so know? you guys have high school kids. I have other friends with kids that are that age or younger. Um, how does that... I mean, if I had kids, I don't know. I wouldn't want them to be on there, but I also wouldn't want them to not understand technology. Yeah, you, that is... That's exactly it. You know, they have to be exposed to it, and you just hope that you know, you give them the tools that they need to be able to deal with it. Cause for, we just sent out a Christmas card here recently and we love, oh, I got we it. Loved I got it. it. Yeah. So we, we love sending out the Christmas cards and it's got the family photo on it. And we put a lot of effort into that. It's one of the, one of our favorite things to do during the holidays is to take the picture and do the cards and everything. And, um, and they were, you know, the kids were getting the cards at school, you know, and it, it, it was real to me. The girl said, yeah, everybody was coming up saying we got your Christmas card and, um, so I just imagine what it's like if it's negative, you know, or if dad's in the press, like, like <laughs> recently there was a big, uh, you know, hold my beer scandal. Oh, <laughs> you and Senator Kawasaki. Yeah. And how, boy, did that get Marta, did you, how did you hear about that from people? Like, you, must... <laughs> you know, no, actually no one ever mentioned it to me. I wish they would. I don't believe you. No one ever mentioned it to me. When it came, like when it was on all the. Yeah, it was everywhere, and no one ever mentioned it to me. Like the PTA moms, or no one. <laughs> so someone did mention it to Kyla at school. Really? Oh my gosh! Which, which you know, What'd I they say you know, it was like, oh, I saw your dad on the news, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, in the oh, I, I don't appreciate that stuff. But on the other hand, I mean, they're just kids. Of course, they're gonna ask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and the headline was just the whole thing was you know that that cop getting arrested caused the headline to. Yeah, for the a little the under, the under he was with the, the kid stuff, right? The I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. It sounded bad. I don't know what he was Did, doing. Didn't think he was going to show up for that hearing. Was he? He was no, I up. and I, and and that stuff is that's really serious. I mean, you know, you want you want law enforcement. We have great law enforcement, but that whole thing was just it was bizarre. We our encounter with the police was it was it was unfortunate. The whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. So so do the do the kids have iPhones or smartphones or. Um, they have iPhones, but um, they don't have any social media, so they can Google things. But but but, but couldn't they like if their their kids are smart? Couldn't they like just get on social? They couldn't they create an account or? Well, I mean, they could without but without you finding. But they could. But they haven't. They're they're good kids. I've met them. They are. A lot, so. They listen. But when they're eighteen, then they it's kind of. Well, then yeah. they're eighteen. I mean. We try to expose them to, I I think it's important to expose kids to real world stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. if we shield them too much and then all of a sudden it's, it's like sensory overload when they're 18 and they hit the world and they've been shielded from everything. Uh, So we expose them. We try and teach them as much as we can, you know. And that social, did you guys see that social dilemma on on, um, Netflix? I did. I did. It was interesting to see some of the creators of these, the social media saying this, we've created a monster. Well, and the, and the worst part is young girls and Instagram. Yeah. And, and how they, yeah. and how the suit, you know, all this stuff's gone up since, yeah. since it all came around, you can see in these graphs, all these body image issues. Cause you see all these like fake things that aren't real nonstop. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's been many hearings in Congress, but I mean, having Congress get a hold of this is like, I mean, that's, not going to happen. You know, it's just the, the genie's out of the bottle. It's a really crazy time we live in. It really is. Um, and, and I, I'm convinced, you know, that education is, is key. You know, we gotta, we, you gotta teach kids about this stuff, but if mm-hmm. we're all plugged into these, you know, if we're all plugged into the matrix, it's hard to teach the kids, you know, to experience real life too. So that's a, it's a sort of a, a, a practice, a discipline, um, 
in our own lives to make sure that we're taking the time to do real world things. So do you guys have any, we're coming up on Christmas and New Year's and then obviously the session starts on the January 18th. Well, any plans Well, speaking up? of Christmas, here we brought you some oh, gifts, yeah, Jeff. There here you we, go. We no, have you a, didn't. I have we, a, we did. Mexican Coke here. Oh, I, I saw that. So is it, is <laughs> do, you, do you like the it Mexican Coke? It says real sugar, right? Yes, the yeah. real cane sugar. Try not to drink the soda. And this but one I, you can open. And then here you'll oh have to gosh, explain since we're on the air. This is a nice, ooh. It's a nice box. It up here. It's a, red and green. Oh, it's a very packaging. nice Christmas scene on this little metal box here. Yeah. Ooh, a you card. Yeah. A See gnome here. card. Ooh. What's that? Like a little cake there? Some <laughs> almonds? Oh, yeah. We'll you can it. open the card. Oh, wow. Read look at card. that. I'll have to have that little snack later. Uh, there's no place like gnome for the holidays. Enjoy your fruitcake. Oh, it's fruitcake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Merry Christmas. Wow. He well, doesn't think, think it's funny. It's I a think good fruitcake. Uh, I like that gnome. I almost didn't give that to you because it looked good. I haven't had fruitcake for a long time, so I'm definitely going to have some of that tonight. I haven't either. We're going to have to go buy another one, but it looks like a good one. It's yeah, we can have a little, little bite after the podcast. And I'm definitely going to have this. I'm trying not to drink the soda, but um, when it's Why real sugar. You? Just try, you know, he's trying to lose... Wait, are you doing the diet thing or what? I, I mean, I wouldn't call it diet. I'm just trying to not like healthy living. The, the, the soda is like uh, uh, one can of soda is like forty car, cal, uh, forty grams of sugar or something crazy. Yeah, that's now a lot of sugar. Now you're shaming me. I'm not, I mean, you, you, <laughs> how many? How you, many you look, of those did you well, have? Well, so I don't drink you're like alcohol. Forrest, you're like Forrest Gump. Well, yeah, Dr. right. Peppers. Yeah, I mean, Forrest didn't drink alcohol either. I, I ever since I stopped drinking alcohol, I, I can. So bo- is this sugar. a bottle opener situation? Ah, here you can use a lighter. Here, can you do? I mean, you're, you're not really good at that. Oh yeah, here we go. We're gonna get we're gonna get real here, folks. We should. I got some. You don't drink, Josh. But I got some bourbon back there. And some, oh, I don't drink bourbon. Some, I got some Fireball. Oh, <laughs> that's even worse. That's, more, that's better. <laughs> Thank you. There look you look go. at that. You're See, welcome. The, the I will say in Russia, and even Europe, you know, a lot of places they do real sugar. Yeah. And the drinks taste so much better. They do, don't they? This high fructose. This is a government. This is actually a government. Thing they subsidize is corn syrup. Yeah, they make it cheaper. Yeah, that's why it's like that here. The sugar stuff tastes way better. Yeah, it does. I I think so. I oh, think oh the boy, cane that sugar, is yeah. that is really good. And that's good. It's probably warm too. It's a gla- isn't it? No, it's cold. It's, is a, it cold? it's a glass bottle too. So you got to yeah. do the the glug glug. Yeah, let's see here. <sighs> that's like the ASMR. You know the ASMR yeah. stuff. <laughs> Have you heard that? Where they talk like this. <laughs> yes, people like listen to it on YouTube and it's just ASMR and you're supposed to like, act, activate you to feel, I mean, you ever heard yeah. of this? Yeah. It's a whole thing. No, but they, they do that on, uh, what's the, the, you remember the delicious dish on Saturday Night Live? Uh, they, yeah. What like is it? it? They talk like, uh, like, um, I forget what's the radio station that, uh, where they always talk just very quiet and like NPR. Yeah, NPR. Yeah, it's like the delicious. Oh yeah, this is like this is like the Will Ferrell days where they do the old. The, this is old old SNL. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, the um. Speaking of SNL, last thing we'll talk about this um Omicron. Om, is it Omicron? Omicron? Om, Omicron. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Thing. You know, it seems to it's be. A, it's another variant you're talking about. Right. COVID. Yeah, the, the COVID. Right? O- Omicron. Uh, Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. It's a, Omicron. They, skip, they skip new and Z. I guess Z because that's like yeah. Chinese sounding. And then new. I guess they don't want new COVID. You know, I can't, even, I can't even keep up with all these For variants. a second there, I thought there was a new movie coming out or something. Yeah. So like I'm the like, Greek, Greek alphabet, there's like new <laughs> and new COVID. They skipped that. They went to 
Omicron. So okay. SNL last night, they didn't have the audience. Oh, because, I saw that. Yeah, and it was, you know. So it's it seems like I've listened to some podcasts and, you know, read some articles. It seems like this Omicron thing, it's, it's like way more transmissible. But so far, it hasn't seemed to be, you know, like that, that, that dangerous or, or deadly compared to some of you know, the Delta one, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I'm just, well, I'm so, know, I'm so sick of like every, now they're shutting down Netherlands again. Yeah. See, they just shut down is, Netherlands yeah. full, full shutdown for a month. Yeah. I, I think some of this has to do more with swaying public opinion than it does with, um, you know, w- with, with a good balanced response to this stuff. Cause th- that's what we heard early on. You know, when I asked the doctor who was doing my test when I first got COVID. Cause you got COVID kind of early. You, you were one of the early, first legislators to get it, right? I was, I or was. Publicly at least. I was. And so, you know, and I, I had a lot of, um, a lot of questions when I went in and I tested positive and the doctor was telling me a lot of different things that, that really concerned me about the fear mongering in the public. Like, you know, this is a real virus and it's, and it's, and it's, um, you know, it affects people. Some people get really sick and, and unfortunately some people pass away from it. That's all real. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, what's the right response? That's a really difficult situation for uh, our executives, right? The governor and the mayor largely uh, deal with those responses early on. Uh, that can't be easy. Um, you have to, you have to balance that, that response and know that some people are going to get sick. So what is the right response? Uh, the doctor told me, you know, I tested positive and Marta tested, tested negative. negative. So wait, wait, said, wait, did you ever test positive, Marta? No. You guys kind of separate or? Well, that's no. Uh, I, so that was our first question, especially yeah. having two kids, right? I'm like, what, what do we do now? And he's yeah. like, nothing. Yeah. I said, well, the kids, do I quarantine? And he said, well, it might be better if they all just get it. And I said, well, that, that doesn't really match what we're hearing about, you know, just the horrible fear that we're all going to die. And so, um, you know, I, I think I think we're going overboard. He also told us then that viruses, they they get more contagious and they get less um, the severity. Lethal. Is, uh, yeah, less because lethal, what happens right? is when, when something's a, a real killer, um, the, they, the hosts die off. Right. So they're really... The, the really deadly ones actually don't last as long because right. it's it's when they're it's when they're really contagious and not de- deadly is when it's real the, the bigger problem because right. they just they keep passing on and the host doesn't die. Yeah, you know, I I I really applaud our governor for you know how he's dealt with this virus. It it, it can't be easy being in a situation like that when you have you know really divided and who who knows you know science was still trying to catch up on what this is and how severe mm-hmm. it really would be. And I just got um, back from so I was in Hawaii and then before that I was in Florida visiting some family for Thanksgiving, and I've I've written this down you know my my columns and I've, I've tweeted it but. You know, Florida is like going back in time. It's open. It's in, weren't you in were you the NCSL thing or no? Were you down there? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you know, it's like normal. It's totally. I mean, people wear masks and it's kind of up to them. And right. some people wear them and that's totally well, fine. But you know, Hawaii, you got to do the the trusted Hawaii. Where you have to register in their in their system. Right, you have you gotta, to. Do you got to still test or no? You don't have to test if you have okay. the vaccination. Okay. Get example. You many places ask for your vaccine card to get okay. in. Okay. Restaurants. Um, yeah, you know, kind of. We did like a rum a tour of like a sugarcane place. They wanted the vaccine card or a negative test, but mm-hmm. it's like it's just like so different compared. It's two states, right? 
It's like the laboratories of democracy, we call it, you know, right. 50 states. And they're just right. so free. And I guess Hawaii, is there some, I, I understand well, there's well, some exceptions. Well, not Hawaii, but California. So California went went pretty far overboard on, on their, um, on their you know, safety precaution measures. And Florida, uh, their idea was just to herd immunity. And so the last time I checked, the, the results um, were pretty similar yeah, between they, they the two, that right? Yeah. They aren't that different. And so... You know, I'm a I'm I mean, a freedom oriented kind of guy. So I mean, and I I uh, understand Hawaii is a little bit of an exception. They're kind of remote and hospitals, and it's a little bit more challenging. So I can kind of understand why they're doing that. But I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, you can't well, you can't you can't keep doing this. And and it's been coming up on two years. And you know, I think if you would have said two years ago we'd still be here right now, people would have said you're crazy. That's right. And, and, you know, our initial response was pretty strong, and I think that's good. We still remember the Spanish flu, especially in rural Alaska. The Spanish flu hit rural Alaska. Oh, yeah. We lost yeah. more folks per capita than anywhere else in the world, uh, other than maybe Samoa, I think. Um, and so in some villages, they lost essentially their entire population. And so they still remember that stuff. And, and, uh, and so it was, it was really tough, you know, out of the gate. So, well, hopefully, I don't know. I just, I want to, I mean, my biggest thing, and, and this is uh, selfish and I acknowledge that, but I hate wearing the fucking mask on the airplane. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, mean, I, I just, I just, I especially the long you. flights. I, I just yeah. hate it. And it's like, it's so performative because you can take it off to eat and drink and it's offered. I mean, so if it's like, and if you have some. And you're sitting right next to someone too. It's not like you're, you know, I mean, if, by if, yourself. If, if someone's, if, if like, if you have something and then you take it off for 20 or 30 minutes to eat, it, it just, and they keep extending. It was supposed to expire in September, and then it got extended through December, and now it's March. Okay. And it's not even the Congress. It's just like it's the it's the executive branch doing this. Yeah, I don't like it. I you know, um, and and again, it goes back to kind of what what as leaders we tell the public, you know, and and it seems like there was a lot of fear mongering. It seems like it's turned political, which is really unfortunate um, on both sides. Really, uh, I saw I saw this uh, tweet. Recently, and I'm I'm not a big fan of Candace. You know Candace Owens. Yeah, I, I like. Not, I, not, I think like she's like Candace a demagogue. Owens. I think she just talk, talks and kind of nonsense talking points. And uh, oh, yeah, she was on I Joe Rogan know. a while back and couldn't. She couldn't defend any of her. It was like pretty embarrassing. Oh really? I she just couldn't have a conversation, a, a real conversation about any of the stuff she spouts. But anyways, in this one case, she put out a tweet that I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, wow, you know, it was it was like they told us if we you know lock down and if we you know, if we, uh, what is it, lower the curve and, and all these things, we'd be fine. And if we listen to them, everything's going to get better. And and then the, the the other people said, you know, it's all about control and it's going to last longer and it's going to keep going and there's going to be variants and it's never going to, it was something like that, right? And it was like, who's right? Yeah. And I was I was kind of like, well, it's, that's, you know, they told us for years if you get... Yeah, the vaccine, which I got. I'm all about the vaccine. I tell people to get vaccinated. Yeah. If they ask me. We got it too. You know, so you do all this stuff and then it's not, it's worse. Yeah. You so know, so well, the people well, who were talking so, about the conspiracy, like the control stuff, I'm not saying it's about yeah. that, but but it, it's definitely what they've said early on to do to get out of it has not worked. No. And it seems to me that, that uh, the severity it, it was reduced by the vaccine. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what that's what medical experts have told us. And so um, who knows, you know, when I first got it before the vaccine existed, I wouldn't have even known that I had COVID had I not been tested. And I know it's different for everybody, right? And I don't know what those f factors are that cause, 
it to vary so much in terms of severity, but uh, but for me, for many folks, it's it, it's real mild. I'm, I'm, Dave Chappelle did a whole show yeah, on it. I'm the same way. I got a year ago. I before going to Hawaii, I got a positive test, and you know maybe it was false positive because I never had a symptom at all. What are they doing in Poland? Do you talk to your? You know what? I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. I should probably check on that. It must not be that bad. Because <laughs> I mean, I yeah. I know my mom's been traveling back and forth from, you know, Germany and so on. My brother is going to Poland for Christmas, so. I just I just heard that Netherlands is sh- about to shut down for a month. Wow. The whole yeah. schools, shops, all of it for, you know, it's like proactive, um, which I don't, you know, well, I guess, well, I'm, I'm really curious what's going to happen in the session. If they're going to try to lock down the Capitol again, maybe. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. No, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. Um, I know that there's discussions. I was involved in a, a couple discussions with some of my colleagues. Um, so I know that the um, the legislative uh, council, council is taking, you know, they, they've been getting opinions from all of us. And so we'll see what happens. You know, they'll, well, we're, we're about a, just over, just under a month away. So, yeah. Well, you guys, I'm glad you came in. Good. Uh, Good talk. A lot of history there. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, glad you guys made it to Alaska. It's been what an adventure, huh? For for both of you. Yeah, it, well, it's yeah. better every day. Last last <laughs> last story. Last story. <laughs> I say, well, she laughs because you. Hard to just kind of give you a look. Why well, you coming? I wish, off, we had, but, I wish we had video right you now. You know, my favorite Hard saying is is uh, you know we say how long we've been married and everybody says, oh my gosh, you look so young. You, there's no way you could have been married for 16 years. And I always say, well, it feels like five minutes. Five minutes underwater. <laughs> and, and then everyone laughs. Mar- oh. So wait, just real quick. <laughs> I think it's fun. Real quick, tell the sure. sto- tell the story. You got to tell the story. You've said this before about the awards banquet. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Marta was. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, epic. I I never really emceed anything, and I emceed the Armed Services YMCA salute to the military, which is a pretty big event. Um, that was a few years back, and so somebody said you got to tell a joke, and so. Uh, I told this joke and I said, you know, I, I was, I'm so glad to have my wife there here. I wish you know, he would prepare me for it, you know. Oh, he didn't tell yeah. you? No. No, I no. figured it would be a oh. surprise. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. Well, so, so I, I was telling, you know, we just opened up and I was saying, you know, I'm just so glad to have my beautiful wife, Marta, here. It means a lot to me. You know, she nursed me to health when I was wounded by enemy mortar fire in Iraq uh, in 2000. 2006 and and all these ladies were were they're you know like you could hear behind me they're like oh, oh thank you what a great thank wife that's so, so nice much. what a great yeah. wife yeah and i and then i said you know and and so uh, you know i got to return the favor a couple years ago when marta got hit by a snowplow and they all you could hear everybody they went and then oh, again, like, oh are you okay yeah, and I said, and that was really hard for me because I had never really driven a snowplow before. Oh <laughs> and everybody went, "What?" And and so, anyways, it was real funny. The uh, the, the the general, the PACAF commander, came up to me after the ceremony, and he goes, like straight face, he said, "I'm stealing that joke." 
Nice. <laughs> he just walked away. It was a good one. He didn't, he didn't prep you. <laughs> no, he did not. So you had never been, I assume, hit by a snowplow, right? No. No, I so have no. not. But so you're, you're, you're thinking like, when he said that, you're thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, all, I was just waiting for it. I'm like, yeah. where is he going with this? They were all comforting her and stuff. What snowplow? I, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't think it would be that, like everybody had be that involved but she did nurse me back to health and i appreciate that and josh doesn't know how to drive a snowplow so. yeah it's, <laughs> i still don't know they're, they're 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 i've done it a few times they are tricky have you yeah oh yeah you that gotta, would that, was a, that would be fine you gotta yeah. make sure to lower you gotta lower it raise it and you gotta and you gotta oh yeah why well, i drove a tank and we used to have uh some of the tanks had mine plows on them so we would plow through the dirt you know in case there were mines would so they it had pick, this would big, pick up the mine or yeah so it had this big weird looking uh I don't think that's the same. It almost looked like teeth. Well, I mean, it's a plow. It plowed the dirt, though, and it had, uh, you know, it had kind of bars, so it looked like sifts. So maybe that's a new business, like tanks, tanks that plow the snow. You know, that's gonna, so it's going to look cool. It's going to get some attention. So actually, um, Click Bishop from Fairbanks, Senator Bishop, he um, he put a tank. There was a tank for sale on uh, on the internet, and he put it in front of me and said, "Hey, Revac." You got to get one of these. Well, the mayor of Fairbanks, uh, Dwight Dial, has a tank. Does he really? I don't he, think he has, it's a real tank. It's like a half track. It's, it's uh, well, it's one of these things. I remember, a, I forget what it's called, but they had, it was in the parade. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he had like made it street legal, and no, but, we need like a real but tank, it, it, it like was, a Sherman tank from World War Two. A tank, oh with yeah, a big gun on it. Yeah. So, so the one he got, he like kind of made it. I talked to him about it once, and he made it street legal, but. It's the same, and I forget the model, but it's the same tank they used in South Africa during, like, apartheid. Oh, okay. So, so all these, at some point, all these woke people on Twitter were like, this is, like, a some symbol of apartheid. And it's, they're like, no, I just bought this tank. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's funny how folks can just blow things That's the Twitter. Out. I told you. You got you to watch that. Yeah, and I don't care about any of that. Uh, you know, we liberated a lot of things with tanks in World War II. Uh, you know, a lot of Nazi death camps were liberated. Yeah. Uh, so... That'd be fun to have a Sherman tank, you know, maybe sell, uh, you know, sell. Uh, might, be, might be pricey. Let people to drive. I think it's like 200 grand. You know? throw, that, throw that in one of the budget bills. You know, we, just gotta... Yeah, no, I can't do that. But we could. <laughs> <laughs> we could... State of Alaska just bought some tanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to this amendment. That nobody... Well, I mean, if the federal government keeps up on, you know, their their path, we might. No, I'm, I joke. Maybe but... you can use your stimulus money for, you know, say, I'll just take one of your surplus tanks instead. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, let people pay to drive over a car or something. Remember yeah. that guy years ago, the crazy guy that had the tank that he did the rampage? Oh, like yeah. Los, I think it was Los Angeles. Yeah, that I mean, was, I, but I think he took that from a guard armory. So I think that, that was he, like he was, a real. Wasn't he pissed off about, it was some issue with um, some zoning for his house or for his business. And you, Marta, you should you should. Google this yeah, guy. I need to Google Boy, this. Well, I don't know. Some psycho guy had this... T- he, like, went on, like, a fucking rampage. Oh, I think it was... But make- it was, like, fully operational, too, yeah, right? Like, it was a real tank. They couldn't stop him. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't he, stop him. He didn't have main gun rounds in there or anything, I don't think. I think it was an M60. But he was definitely doing, dam- like, damage to the roads, and he was yeah. trying to take out the bridge. Right. and Take it some, Something... I think something... If I recall, there was some issue where the government, like, wouldn't... They screwed up some issue with his house or his business and zoning. Like, he just went, like crazy yeah you gotta watch that that zoning stuff (laughs) local government it's tough to stop a tank i mean you just kind of got to let it run out of gas and hope he doesn't i think he was trying to hit collapse the bridge at some point and then it got stuck and 
retract. Well, I tell you what, I've done some stuff in the tank that causes me to believe that it might just be able to take out a bridge, you know. You were in the uh, Abrams? Yeah, M1 Abrams. So how many? There's a few, three or four people in that? or Four folks. There's a driver, loader, gunner, and a tank commander. I guess, Marta, this is something I could ask you. When you met, met, met Josh, you, you, were, you were, doing, were you doing tanking then? You were a tanker then? Oh, yeah. What did you think about that? Like, you know, he's, that's a weird, it's not a very common thing to meet somebody who. Who drives a tank? Yes. For work, right? What did you, you think about that? No, of course. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, I mean, it's it was pretty cool. I mean, come on. I think Playboy listed it as one of the sexiest jobs alive. Oh, I don't think they time. did. I mean, I, I, I think Marta's being a little modest. No. <laughs> you make, you make a, you did, are, are there some pictures out there we need to go find? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> just no. no, I'm saying it. Who doesn't want to? You know, I, I'll tell you what. We used to have our tanks in, in Germany and even in, in Kuwait and Baghdad. And and the other service members that would come by would get pictures in front of the tank. I mean, everybody wants to. Take I, I like the tank the helmets tank. they wear; those very unique. Yeah, they're called CVC. So in that in that TikTok video that that I, I think you shared that that thing. one got millions of views. I think. Yeah, where I was so you know I called it helmets, but they're called CVCs. And, and the Germans and the Russians they have a similar, the tankers they all wear a similar kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's very recognizable. My favorite part was our boots. So our boots, uh, tanker boots, have the leather straps around them. And the reason they have that is because all of our gear has to be flame repellent uh, because in case there's a there's a, a, a back fla- uh, a, uh, flashback or, or a, um, backfire, backfire. a backfire, I forget exactly what it's been so long, but um, where where it shoots flames from the breach into the into the turret of the tank so we all have to you know how, how have, loud is it when they shoot when they fire off a, a round so it's actually not loud inside you'd be really surprised i mean there's pretty thick metal in there and so um if you're all buttoned up and you're shooting well so so in 2003 we drove into a place in baghdad called Automia, and we had our whole platoon of tanks driving in there at one time and i remember we were we heard sounds on the outside of the tank and i was driving and I said, what's that sound? It sounds like water dripping. And uh, the tank commander said, oh, we're getting, we're taking all kinds of fire. And I couldn't even feel it. And there was RPG, oh. rocket-propelled grenades getting shot at us and all kinds of small arms fire hitting the outside of the tank as we drove in. Imagine and, these guys back in, like, World War II or even World War One with these fucking things. Well, World War II would have been pretty scary because of the German tanks. The Tigers back then were were could outdo our tanks you know we, they were they were a little bit that'd be scary the pucker factor would be high our tankers in world war ii were pretty amazing folks rolling right through france into germany liberating you know not, we had a guy named jim mcmahon right here in anchorage just recently passed away he made it from utah beach where they on d-day uh, in a tank that they landed, he said, in 11 feet of water. They thought they were all going to die right on their way out of the boat. And they made it all oh, the they, way. Uh, it went to the bottom and it still got out? Yeah, he they drove it up and, you know, up onto the beach. And, and apparently the beach had already been a little bit cleared. and um, But they still fought all the way across France, Battle of the Bulge, all the way into Germany uh, and liberated a – he was – I actually got an interview with them. I, w- I wish I would have done more, but – um, but hearing his stories, that was just, and in the cold, and they didn't have the gear, and Patton kept pushing them so hard, you know, because they're up against the Germans in Blitzkrieg, and they, you know, it was real life or death oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. 
Well, guys, thanks for coming in. It's uh, it's um, it's very, like I said, first couples podcast here. We're gonna try to get some more of these. Talk talk to your colleagues. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you, Jeff. We should make sure to get the. Oh yeah, thank you, know. you Jeff. How how to go, Marta? You were a little early on. I think, think it went were, pretty good, right? I think you were a little apprehensive. But. Well, you know, there's some people that's, you know, forget their name when the camera is on. That's true. That's me. Well, that's why I tell people it's when it's just audio, it's a lot different. It's a lot easier. I've had yeah. many people yeah. with the camera, and I was even like that early on when I first, re- I mean, I was never nervous, but I'm not shy. But when the camera goes on, it does affect how you, because right. you're like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Oh my God, exactly. people are watching. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you just got to get past it, but. Yeah. Yeah, and Marta's usually been kind of out. She's never, she never really, she tried to avoid kind of the politics. I do, I avoid it. Well, not so much politics, just the... The limelight, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I couldn't believe she said yes when you... (laughs) Well, I mean, I Well, both of you were very persistent. I I wasn't. (laughs) Jeff. I'm trying to get this couple's theme going here, so I, I figured you guys would be the first... Good, good, good first start. So yeah, well, no, this I'm is glad fun we were the first ones. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, well, it's been great. it's been great seeing you guys, and um, like I said, Christmas coming up and New Year's, and um, I hope I'm um, here's to a wishful short session, right? So Josh can come back. There you go. Early on, amen. And then, and then, and then we go into campaign season. That's right. Oh Ooh. boy, that's right. <laughs> gonna be yeah. favorite yeah, time what, of the year. What big predictions you got, or do we have to go, or do we have? Uh, I mean, I, got, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I want to hear what are your predictions here. I mean, there's these five like? redistricting lawsuits right now, so you know, we'll see where the, where those go. I think it's probably unlikely they go anywhere, but some they might. So the the districts could change. At one point, you know, I'm not I'm not planning on running for anything. It's not my 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 um. My, uh, what's the word? It's not, it's not my plan, but I am watching. I'm just curious, you know, at one, one point, one of the iterations of the Senate pairings, I was in the open district. Oh yeah. And I tweeted that kind of as a joke. And well, then they the changed day, it real they fast. They changed it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> landfills in the open Senate district. Like, yeah. Woo. Oh, so, but so then at right. one point in one of the iterations, I was with you. Oh yeah. I remember. Oh, really? Cause, I remember yeah. That. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, you have to. We don't live that far apart, actually. We're no. pretty close. I'm on the other side of the highway. You're yeah. you're you're east of the highway. I'm west of the. But we're not not that far apart. Okay. So I used to be Kevin in Kevin Myers district, Senate districts. B- oh yeah. B- before oh, the before last. Before it changed. So ten years ago. Time, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And then, it, it my my big and I've I talked about this last night on a Facebook Live, um, stream I did. I don't know if you've heard this, but this is definitely out there. There is going to be a push to try to get the budget done by April first. Do you have any idea why? I could think of a few, but what are you hearing? Effective date. Yeah. So if it gets passed on April 1st, the effective date clause doesn't matter because 90 days is July 1st. So if you recall last time, the effective date nonsense of, you know, there was going to be a shutdown over, you know, leverage. Um, But but really it's going to boil down, I think, to the dividend again. Mm. Because everybody wants to leave because they want to campaign. But you also, you know, the governor is pitching a 50-50 again, plus 50, plus a supplemental for this year. That, that didn't, you know, it was 1100 they're pitching another 1200 So, you know, they're, they're pitching 25 you know, almost $4,000 in dividends. And, you know, it's up to the legislature to figure out if they want to, you know, have, have a big, huge dividend go out in October before the election. Yeah, well, one of the things we have to figure out, too, is we have all this 
infrastructure money coming in. A lot of that, as far as I understand, requires some matching funds. And well, so, and the guidance isn't coming out on that until April or May. Right. And so, so the likelihood of us having to come to the table with funds to match, and we don't want to leave that infrastructure money on the table. You know, we're still a new state compared to other states. They they received a whole lot of money for infrastructure when when those states joined the union. Uh, we're still brand new. I mean, we're a first-generation state, essentially, still. So Stevens did um, get us some cash over a while. He, he got us some cash, <laughs> but we're still, you know, the the most places as far as um, as far as our infrastructure goes, we're still well, lacking quite a bit. I've heard Lisa Murkowski talk about this with colleagues, and she's told me that when she tells them about some of our our villages and and you know access to running clean water, running water, you know, plumbing, um, and they don't have it, people kind of just right. don't really. They're like, what? Yeah, they don't get it, and access is a big deal uh, yeah, in Alaska. Roads, roads and airports, mean. and but then when we build the roads, you know, which a lot of people are on uh, are on board with building infrastructure, then the other piece to that is maintaining infrastructure, yeah. and uh, you know, so as as some places like the valley is expanding, that means more roads, more that means more maintenance, all that costs money. Um, yeah, the I, I think what could end up happening is there could be a you know, pass the budget, figure, figure the stuff out, you know, leave and not 90 or maybe, you know, I don't know, 120, whatever that would be somewhere between 90 and 120. And then potentially have to come back whenever this guidance comes out on this infrastructure money, because the legislature is not going to want to have the governor just run the whole thing. Yeah, we'll see. I'm always really optimistic. I'm always really optimistic that there's a way to work together and, you know, nobody just wants to cram. But I don't I don't like the idea of cramming things down one another's throats. I don't care who it is or what, you know, the 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 legislature um, you know, the system was designed to have to force a little bit of compromise and and you know, the the longer you stick around, I think you, you know, you've been around and watched this stuff. I think you start to understand why that is. Uh, at least, at least well, I it was, it was, it was clearly built to like not make things happen quickly. Right. And it, and it, and it, and the idea behind that is to, you know, empower the minority, but also, you know, the majority rules. So you, you know, um, but it, the rules are only as good as the folks that defend them. You know, the constitution is yeah. only as good as the folks that defend them. And so, um, trying to play games with to hold that stuff up over an effective date is unprecedented. You know, hopefully there's ways to. Well, I'm going to say right now, next session is going to be lit. Yeah, probably. One of the things I already, you know, just recently this port of Anchorage or the port of Alaska is, is a a real, which I I still think is the dumbest name. It should be the port of Anchorage. Well, they changed it because they're they're trying to like, well, they change up more federal, federal money. Well, right. Well, I think that, you know, the port of Alaska reflects how, you know, 85, 90% of all the goods in, in Alaska come through that port. So I get that. Um, but to hear so many folks talk about just completely divesting in the port in Anchorage is, was really concerning to me. There was just a recent lunch, uh, Mayor Bronson held, and it was a really good lunch. And I think they're, they're really uh, concerned about the future of the port. And I, it just was. Um, well, if that port goes, we're fucked. I mean, that's really. Well, right. Weird. Yeah. And they, there, there's no other, uh, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense at all to divest in the port. We need to fix it, and so that'll be another. Um, well, I think next session is going to be wild, and then obviously, you know, this ranked choice deal is going to really impact 
this is going to be a whole new election. Process. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, you <laughs> talked about doing doing some educational stuff on rank choice. I've been thinking a lot. I'd about like to. That. Yeah, no, Do I mean, some, I think it's important for the voters to understand how it works when they go vote. Because if my fear, or my concern has been that if people aren't informed and educated on it, they're gonna they're gonna go and vote and see this ballot with these four people and these num- bubbles and numbers and one two three four and yeah, you know, that, that that that's gonna people need to be educated and they need to be understand how this thing works. Yeah, I really worry about these ballot initiatives. You know, I, I I think just the other day there were there were folks getting paid to collect signatures, and I don't even I don't even remember. I was in a hurry. I don't remember what they're even uh, collecting signatures on. That's a it's these, a I mean that's a business. You know, that's a whole. Business. It is, and you know, I'm running a bill uh, on initiative severability. That it it came to our attention that essentially. Um, you could collect all the signatures needed for an initiative with language on the initiative that's completely unconstitutional, blatantly. Uh, it could pass the legislature's ability, the timeline for the ele- legislature's ability to enact something s- substantially similar. And then it could go to the Supreme Court and get completely, completely rewritten by the court. Uh, which we think has a huge uh, constitutional implication that that sort of subverts the legislator legislature's role um, in oversight and 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 allows for some you know bait and switch kind of initiatives. Well, I, I think the initiative process is not bad, but I I feel like they should raise it to sixty percent threshold. So so that way it's it's clearly something that's so popular. Well, I, I don't think it's bad either if it's used right, though. I think we, we have the door is open for some, um, you know, less than upright activity. I mean, you could you could put initiative language that that, you know, isn't constitutional and then let the court change it uh, later after the legislature has lost their ability to enact something similar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we, we think it's a big issue. And so we're having well, it's talks about it every time, every cycle. There's one or two things on whether it's oil tax or you know pebble mine stuff or this election initiative. Now there's going to be a tribal sovereignty. There's all there's always something on there, and it's it's uh you know I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like if it was a higher threshold, maybe that maybe that would I, reduce I, some of this frivolous stuff. Some stuff that's not not as yeah. You just popular. want to make sure that it's a good process. I think you know the the initiatives you, you should make sure that the folks who are writing them are writing them right that they put the due diligence into making sure that it's constitutional, but most importantly, transparent or as important, transparent to the people who Mm -hmm. are signing the petitions, right? You know, that, 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 that's real clear. Uh, The single issue rule is really skewed. I mean, we'll see how, you know, this ballot measure two thing goes, it's going to be definitely going to change the dynamics of these campaigns and these races. So, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Well, well, we're gearing up. It'll be fun. Fun. I love campaigns. I get Marta on there on the, on the TV, on the ad, huh? Yeah, you remember she <laughs> no, was she you. she was hitting the cowbell in the in the cowbell. That was good. That was people, oh, that was a good one. Okay, that was a fun people, one to do. People like yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, guys, thanks for coming in again. I really appreciate it. Have a good Christmas and New Year's and uh, happy happy anniversary coming up here in a couple days. Thank you. Happy well, thank birthday. You. Yeah, thanks. Happy 30, birthday. 37. Yeah, 37. Wow. Wowzers. We'll get you a walker. As as some people have as some people <laughs> have told me, man, that's a. That's a hard looking thirty seven. Oh they didn't. High, mi- high mileage. <laughs> no, they Somebody, didn't say that. Seventy five gold. So I was playing. I was playing seventy five k, baby. So I was playing poker. Um, I was like years. I was twenty eight at the time, and I was playing with these guys and some business guys, and it was kind of a big, decent sized game, and they were they were older than me, and 
somebody mentioned the eighties, something with the eighties, and I, I said, I said, uh, oh yeah, I said I was born in eighty four, and the guy looks at me and he goes, you're twenty eight, I go yeah, and he goes, my God, that's a hard twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, hi mileage. Ah, oh bad. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy New yeah, Year. Yeah, Merry um, Christmas. We'll be seeing you on, and I'm gonna. Have some fruitcake when we sign off here. Yeah, so. let's That's grab right. a bite. Okay, guys. Well, we'll see you, see you around. And uh, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.